Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kipley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. Lena helps women create the depth of intimacy in relationships they've never had before. Through multiple radio programs, podcasts, and a TEDx talk, she's given hundreds of women the impetus to discover their true identities. Through her bespoke one-to-one coaching, she helps women define their values and their value and create the enriched relationships they desire. Want to have more love in every aspect of your life? Lena can show you how. Listen in. So this is a fun podcast. Um, welcoming Lena Ehrenberg. Find her at at Have More Love. We need more love in this world, in our lives. She's a dynamic, I would say, life coach because this is a very crucial part of you know the ways in which we define love, self love for ourselves intimacy in our relationships, how that creates a narrative in our families, on and on. So I'm very excited to have uh, Miss Ehrenberg with us at the Care Pod today. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us again at Have More Love. Check her out. So welcome. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Miss Ehrenberg. I feel like that must be somebody else. Just call me Lena, please. <laughs> Lena, Lena, thank you. So I ask every guest their why. I want to understand the road, uh, what brought you here. Just for our audience purposes, you know, this is important because I get a lot of caregivers who you know, may have lost a loved one uh, later on in life. They're trying to kind of get their groove again, find their way, still feel vital and sexy and want to get back in the game and may feel trepidatious on how to do that, Um, you know, to every extreme, to maybe the singleton who's never really found their way in love, has had, you know, quite, you know, several obstacles and failures, et cetera. So just interested in your journey, how you got here, and how you take a client to help them, you know, define their self-love to create the love that they they want and deserve in their own life. Well, wonderful. And self-love, you said it. So that's, we're going to get to that later on, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but thank you. You know, thinking back over my journey, personally, I, you know, just from a romantic perspective of my journey, Didn't have a lot of dates in high school, didn't have a lot of dates in college, didn't have a lot of dates in my 20s. You know, it was very, I'm nothing if not consistent. And (laughs) it, it got to the point where I just realized that, okay, it can't be 4 billion men in the world that are all something what what am I bringing to this, you know? And so I, I I remember the moment where it occurred to me that if my life had been a science experiment, I had already changed my job quite a few times, changed where I lived. I've lived in three different states, had all different friends because of that, had all different life experiences. And so if if it all were a science experiment, apparently I was the only constant. And that's what got me seeking. 
that was my my journey as far as romantic relationships. I remember a moment when I was hiking or attempting to begin a hike in the south of France, and I couldn't even find the trailhead. I could not get out of town. I could not get on the path. And I sat down on the curb of a traffic circle with cars literally zooming around me while I was sobbing, thinking, this is ridiculous. You try to do something different. This is how it works out. It's it's all, look at you. Of course, this didn't work. All the things, right? And yet this one time, I was very aware that there was a little angel message tapping me and I I paid attention and I'm really grateful that I did. And that message said to me, okay, well, you, you want to tell that sob story? You can choose to tell that sob story. You go ahead. Let's get back on the plane. And that's going to be your story for the rest of your life. Or you could choose a different story. 10 seconds to decide. Clock's running. Let's go. Interesting. And yeah. And, and I I felt it it felt to me as if somebody was literally sitting next to me whispering that in my ear. And the biggest part of all of that was it had never occurred to me that I got to choose. It had mm. never occurred to me that everything that had come before was just not going to continue. And Angels kept showing up for me the entire rest of that trip. Apparently, I did get out of the south of France because I'm here. <laughs> you That's found your news. trail. You found your trail, I, right? Well, I found my trail with a lot of help. I personally did not find that trail. But that finding, that literal way that I got on that trail was part of what put me on this path of doing what I do now. And so much of what I do is assuring people every single day that your past does not define your future. So much of what I do is assuring people that you're not actually in this alone. Even when you think that you're in this alone, we're never in it alone. We just have to really, really tune in. We have to really, really listen. And then when we start to listen and we start to hear then we have to really learn to discern, okay, what am I listening to? Which, which one of these messages am I going to follow? What really resonates for me? So all of that plays a part in it. And so along my journey, I've learned so many things, not only about romantic relationships, which, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about that because there's some really specific things. And I know that you have um, your audience wants to know about that. But when I also think about in parallel, my, my experiences as a caregiver, there's all these other types of layers to that, right? So there are two specific times in my life that, um, I, that I would definitely define myself as having been a caregiver. One of those times was when my father had, uh, was, 
living close to me and had been very active for all the years that he had come to live uh, out here. And then eventually started to really slow down. And there was a period of time that he wound up in the hospital. He was in the hospital for about six weeks and then in a rehab facility for another six weeks. And during that period of time, I was certainly not primary caregiver. He was getting excellent care, but I was showing up every single day. I was advocating for him every single day in those situations that we also are called upon to do, right? So so I was doing that. And I was also preparing myself to slip into a different type of caregiving role if I needed to. I was actually on the suggestion of his medical team I was looking for a different type of living situation for him and for possibly both of us. And unfortunately, he did not leave the rehab facility. And although I'm very, very grateful for the care that he got. So there was that period of time in my life, but there was also a period of time where I became a single foster mama. And wow. it was something, it was another one of those moments that I can remember waking up one morning and saying, hmm, okay, I will probably never have my own children, but I would really like the experience of raising a child at some point in their life. And, and what is that experience and what can I bring to that? And so I did that again, not alone. Yeah, they called me a single foster parent, but I had, you know, all of my, I still laugh at myself, my my closest board of director friends, none of them have their own children. And I thought, mm, uh, okay, you know, we're all going to figure it out. Well, I had totally forgotten until people started showing up at my door. I totally forgotten that one of my friends is the oldest of seven. And one of my friends is an aunt and wow. a great aunt to seven or eight. And one had moved in with her sister after she had her baby and, and helped raise her and start her out. And all of the angels came forward again. And so that was another experience that I had that I want to assure everyone listening that we're not, we're really not doing it alone. And if we give ourselves the chance to pause and just see what comes to us, rather than always thinking like, I have to figure this out and what am I gonna do in this moment? That's really has been so helpful to me. Just the pause and the listening, you know, kind of brings me to here and how I wanna pay it forward. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things that you said that were really poignant about choosing. Uh, you know, choosing who you surround yourself with as a community and also choosing yourself. You know, would you say that the clients that you have, when you sit with a client that they, you know, the women or even the men you may sit with defer the choice of who they love or who is to love them outside of themselves versus looking inward and saying, wow, you know, I have X, Y, Z to offer, you know, my cumulatively, my cumulative 
life experience has has these offerings versus trying to seek something outside of yourself. You know, that choice, yeah. that, that sensation of choosing, I thought was very poignant in what you said. Yeah, um, it is. And, and to your point, you know, I think that that's the way we're all raised. I think that that's the way we're all socialized. We're, we're socialized to look outside and see who likes us, who mm-hmm. is attracted to us. Who chooses us, right? It's almost like when we're, you know, who's choosing up sides for a game on the school playground, right? And we'll, oh, the t- there's two captains. Will I get chosen, right? And so the first thing that I do, and I do work predominantly with women. And so the very first thing I do with, with all of my clients is we start from you. Who are you? What do you bring? What do you want? What are your values? And it's so important to, I say that it's the difference between going out in the world and just seeing who's out there who will respond to you versus you get to bring you, all of you, your fullness, your richness, your authenticity, all of your beauty and worth and value out into the world and then say who's who is going to be in best alignment with me and for well, me. yeah yeah person, right and, it, and it's then, a completely different narrative yeah completely it's different completely narrative. different and <clears throat> also what that does is it honors the third component because I, a lot of times we think about one person and another person, two people in a relationship, but it also honors the, the component of the relationship and it helps make the relationship, you know, richer and more worthwhile. And that's how we do that, that we bring two full people into creating that. Together. Absolutely. But, uh, but going, you know, getting away from this, you know, oh, you complete me, you know, coming to the table, whole unto yourself, whole unto yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. So the only person who completes you all is you. Yeah, absolutely. Each and every one of you. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So what do you say to the caregiver who says, listen, you know what? I'm lucky if I can put on lipstick today, or I can't even remember the last time I washed my hair, let alone being fully present unto myself to even be the flower to be picked per se. What I say to, to that person is, and I'm not saying this lightly, and I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. But what I'm saying is you have to give yourself permission to put yourself first at times. And I get it. I I really get it. And and I will repeat it because I've been accused of this. Oh, that's easy (laughs) for you to say. I'm not saying that it's easy for you to do, but there's a lot of things that we do in life that are not easy. And we Mm -hmm. do them because they're necessary. And it is necessary especially if you are someone who is in a caregiving season that is a very long season. 
or it might be two or three or four seasons or mm. multiple years, right? That's when it's even more necessary because we've all heard the adage about putting on our own oxygen masks before we put on someone else's. And yet instinct, I would put that mask on that child before I would put it on myself. And yet how many people, how many more people could we help? How much longer can we be of service when we have that mask? Uh, oxygen mask on. Yeah, that is so key. That's so key. How long can we be fully present? And can I even reverse that even deprived of oxygen? How long can you last? Yes, that is so key. Because yes, you know, in, in, in my situation, I'm married. And it my what I hold on to is I'm almost a beast. Like I'm fiercely holding on to the parts of my life that enable me to thrive, which is hugely my work. My work is is a gift to me. It's not work. And so the honor to take care of patients, the honor to lecture, to be amongst families, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that portion is clutch for me to hold on to because it it's it is a long haul. You know, the the dementia space, you know, watching an aging loved one being robbed of their, themselves. In my situation, I'm to me, it's I'm exercising the work of my mother's hands. So to me, it's a must. It's it is a part of that self love. But boy, that is so key. It's it's so key to to put it in reverse to say, you know what? If you don't put that mo- that oxygen on first, how long can you su- survive depriving yourself? of that self-love. That's huge. Right. That's huge. And also, and I just want to say something and honor you right now in this moment, because you just said something that made me grab my pen. You said the, what I do is a gift to me. Right. And that's part of it. And that is beautiful. And what you are doing is a gift to someone else and a gift to so many others. And, and that, that just feeds, you know, that person in so many ways, and we can see how important it is. And, and so of course, we want to, you know, I I just want to stop and and acknowledge you for that, because this is a gift. It's truly a gift. (laughs) Thank you. Let's go shopping. Check out impactfulcaregiving.store. There, you will find everything from assisted devices to comfort care items and even tech to support your aging loved one and relieve a little caregiver stress along the way. <laughs> Thank you. And it's, to me, it's, it's, I was joking with a friend the other day because over the last few weeks, I've really had to define my why as an entrepreneur, like what is impactful caregiving? What do I hope to achieve as, as a business? You know, I've sat with from everyone from travel and, and hospitality, the airlines industry on redefining, you know, what age looks like. It, it, we have to think beyond a handicap placard and a ramp. You know, how are we accommodating the aging loved one and taking that caregiver stress off? 
that person. And so, you know, for me, a lot of my why is to say I cannot be the only one that's a, that's trying to function at an executive level that that has a pain point from someone who, you know, my aging loved one who essentially crafted my whole life, my whole career path, you know? So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, but yeah, Yeah. you, that struck me. So when you said, uh, how long can you last? Because, because I think we allow ourselves as caregivers to get to such a place of depletion. And then how do you build, how do you build those building blocks from there? Huge, 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 huge. And then, and then think about the next step in that, then how much longer are you giving care versus possibly needing care yourself? Yeah. Right? So we all have human needs. We all have human desires. We all have wants. And it's okay. Not only is it okay, it's part of how we're built. And when we deny those things to ourselves, is when we're getting off into territory that is, um, it's not in our best interests, right? It really isn't. And and so, yeah, that's what I think about so much because when we can, again, not easy. I get it. Don't send me emails. It's not easy. <laughs> Don't send yeah. me emails. It's not easy to shift our belief system. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it's necessary to shift our belief system out of, I give care, I am here for this person, and all the rest of it just has to fall by the wayside. And if we can start to at least integrate, I can do something to feed myself, I can do something to enrich my life today, I can do something to enliven myself and to feel joy and to see beauty and to have a little fun. And then we're taking that lift into our caregiving with us. And isn't that a gift for the person who we're going to share that with as well? Absolutely. Your cup is full. You're able to pour. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, do you have any male clients? Um, I don't. I don't tend to coach in the relationship space with men. I used to be a weight, um, a weight coach. And I did have men and women clients as a as a weight coach, which was so interesting. Um, Okay. and, And, and a lot of fun too. And uh, but right now, no, with relationships, I really love to support women. And I love to, I I love to see the moment where someone's eyes open up and they say, oh, I never thought of that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And they take that out into the space. That is one thing though. I mean, in a way we are so benefiting men. And I have this conversation with my clients who are dating now too, that it's not just about making dating better for them, when they're having a more positive experience of dating, when they're going out with the understanding and and the belief that dating is fun, then the men they're interacting with are also having a much more positive experience of dating. 
And that's how we're all paying it forward. And so I really like to just feel like we're all uplifting the the dating environment and the relationship environment too for for your um for your listeners who are in relationships or perhaps married or whatever type of relationship it might be yeah yeah and you know i it's funny a lot of times i get men that come forward that that are they're you know they're like don't forget us you know we see these things we see these events you know and we think it's just for the ladies so we just hang back but I, i i do think that especially from an intimacy standpoint, you know, if the woman is well, like literally, you know, well and whole unto herself, it, it becomes, she seeks that compliment to herself. And so yes. then it becomes a better whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So take mm-hmm. us through the steps. What are your steps to the first date? Well, So like I said, I start with every client and we do a very in-depth, very deep dive into who are you, what are your values in life, and our values are not just what we say our values are. Our values are not just what tugs at us. What are you doing? How are you spending your time? What are your priorities? Our priorities tell us so much more about our values than we mm-hmm. might be aware of. So we do a lot of in-depth looking at that. And we also talk a lot about lifestyle because that's super important too. And for a lot of people, that's not necessarily something that they might think of or have a conversation with someone that they're dating um, for quite a ways down the road, right? And I think there's a lot of assumptions going on in in dating and some people thinking, oh, well, you know, I want this and they probably want this too because we've gotten to, we've gotten to four dates. So they must want the same things that I do. And, you know, let's talk about lifestyles. Are you someone who um, wants to live in a home with children or are you with, and does that mean small children or older children? Or are you someone who doesn't want to necessarily have a lot of children around? Are you someone who wants to live in? Are you a city mouse or a country mouse? You know, or or somewhere in between and all of those things? Are you someone who loves to travel? Are you someone who um, your business necessitates your traveling? All of these things are taken into consideration. So after we do that work, We then talk a lot about, well, who might be a good match for you, right? What types of qualities in a person will best support what you now know about yourself? And there's a lot of difference between qualities and attributes, even though the dictionary doesn't say say so. (laughs) I just really feel like, there's a big difference between someone who is a certain height and has a certain job title versus someone who loves to talk and interact with me, someone who I can, you know, bring my questions to, someone who will bring their questions to me, someone with whom I can, you know, just get on the phone with on my way home after a really hard day and they'll listen to me and they'll, you know, tell me, I got you. 
when when we're together this is what we're going to do i'll have dinner ready when when you get home and we will discuss this further or they'll know after a day like that no i'm going to get in the bubble bath and then we're going to reconvene in a couple of hours and then we'll talk right so there's there's one thing that i i say to a lot of people is that we don't like take for example uh a title. Take, for example, some, something that people do for business. Who who are we seeking when we go out and date? So there are some people in the world who feel that it's very important that they want to be in a relationship with someone who has a particular type of work. And I get that, but here's how that could play out. You don't live with someone's job title you live with the necessities of their job. And so mm. it's very noble. You might want to, you're a doctor. And, and that is highly respected. And that tells me a lot about you. But there are some women who, who say, well, I really want to be married to a doctor. I think that's really important. And I'll say, okay. Um, and yet they might also say, I really want to be in a relationship with someone who will be able to be with me every single weekend. I have a large family. We have a lot of events and it's really <laughs> important to me that my partner be at every event with me every weekend. <laughs> and you're laughing because what happens when you're a doctor? That your time is not your own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so you need a partner I, that it loves you and respects, you know, has that flexibility. Yeah, I totally, I these are the things kind of before you do, right? That you need to walk yes. through and you're doing exactly. important work because these are the, the real life, the real talk questions that people uh, need to ask. It's something, one of the questions you said struck me about children because as a caregiver, you're aging loved ones and in, in terms of the ways in life comes full circle. There are some clients who, who, who claim that or present that as an insecurity, you know, as a, as baggage that they're fearful of bringing to someone that they happen to be a caregiver in this season of their lives, caring for ex family member. And that mm -hmm. takes an obscene amount of their time and effort and that they may be exhausted or irritable or not their best selves. And that becomes, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy in, in and of itself and robs them of mm -hmm. that, of that earlier point you made about really saying, no, I need to take this time to fulfill this other part of my life. So what do you right. say to and that person who, who brings that up as an insecurity? Well, a couple of things. First is I just wish I could give every single one of those people a hug right now. I really do. And one of the things that I've learned, truly learned from myself is every single thing that I personal, personally hold as an insecurity, there is somebody out in the world who wouldn't even notice that thing. Truly mm, mm. not notice that thing. So, so it is such a statement about you to be a caregiver, especially when you're in it for the long run. It shows so much of who you are and how you go about 
living your life and adding value to the world to be a caregiver. And you don't need to even consider anyone who would see that as an imposition, right? You get to totally focus on all the many, many people who will see that as something beautiful about you. And I don't, I could just go on on in that vein forever, but we, I think it's a human thing. We think ahead to all the possibilities of what might not work. And one really good tool to have in your toolbox is to start to really train yourself to think ahead to all the ways that something will work and will be beautiful and will be positive for you. And that you can do. You absolutely can focus and know that that partner is out there. And yeah, you, this, this whole, it, it's so funny because we know this intuitively, but this whole concept of you choose, girlfriend, you choose. I, where did we learn that we don't, that our choice is deferred? Where did we learn? Where did we, you know, at what point in the continuum of life did we learn as women to defer the choice outside of ourselves? Well, no, I, I don't know that there's any one place, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I think that for each of us in our each different situation, we learned it differently And also, there's not any one place, because I think there's also a lot of places. You know, how did it come to each of us personally? That came in its own personal way. And yet, it's reinforced and reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. But just like I learned in a very tiny little town in the south of France, I get to choose to change that narrative. Beautiful. Beautiful. You, you're you going to add so much value and thought to our CarePod audience. I really, really embrace this concept of choice because it's, it's not conceptual. It's, it's more than that. It's a, it's, it's even deeper than a self-love. It's a, a, a self-awareness of the possibility of, yes. of love. I mean, how, how best can you go from there? Beautiful. Absolutely. So again, absolutely. T- Tell us, tell us, our, we're international, so tell us how the woman in the south of France on the curb can connect with you to the woman in Philly, to, you know, the Midwest, you know, how does a client connect with you and begin the work? Well, um, one way is to find me on either Instagram or Facebook, if you are inclined to do either of those things, and I am at Have More Love. I also have a website, which is my name, which is lenaerenberg.com. And I'm trusting that that will be spelled out in the show notes somewhere. Um, (laughs) But if that's a lot of spelling, and I always joke that my parents were not planning for my having to have a website sometime in the future. (laughs) So it's like a lot of spelling. But um, you can also just type in uh, havemorelove.com and that will come find me through the wizardry of technology. And you have the opportunity on there to um, 
click on the buttons and uh, make an appointment to talk to me and or to um, uh, call me in, you know, whatever, or you can text me from that number. It, there's just so many ways to touch base. And I just love to hear from people. And I want to know how I can serve you. I also want to know what are your experiences and, and, and how, how best can I serve you? Because, you know, like we just said, it's so unique. It's so unique to each of us. And I, you get to have your wonderful life. Absolutely. Whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I am so thankful that you joined us. I think that there are a lot of clients that can benefit from sitting with you. Tell us how many sessions typically do you offer or what that looks like on average? Um, on average, um, I've got clients who want to just come in and just talk about the dating part of it. It depends where they're coming from, but I meet with people anywhere from six months to um, a year. A lot of my clients really like to dig in and do a lot of the upfront work as well. And we meet weekly and it's just one-to-one. -one. It's just um, you and me. And so that I can really get to know you and find out where are you? What do you need right now? What are your circumstances and how can I, and what is it that you're looking for? Cause that's the other thing about relationships too, which I, I will offer specifically for your caregiver audience. Maybe you just want to go out and be social and just date. And just, mm -hmm. you know, have a little fun and not feel like I don't have time for a relationship. My primary relationship is with my elder right now. And that's perfectly okay. And there are a lot of people out there who want the same thing. Wherever you're at, I want to help you find the person who wants the same thing that you do. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much again for joining us here at the Care Pod. Thank you so much. I've really, <laughs> really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Great information right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.